having a tough time converting leads into clients or even getting people to book a call to you in the first place, like really like nobody cares what it is you're doing or offering. If so, I think this business deep dive will really resonate with you. Today, I'm speaking with Alicia, who is an experienced health expert, yet for all the years experience she has, has found it tough to grow her business. And part of the reason for that is because she's played the generalist game for way too long. In this conversation with her, we're gonna dive into her business, get a sense of the three avatars she's been working with, why she's had a tough time booking discovery calls in the first place, and the simple process I walk her through to help nail her niche, to really clarify the problem she can serve at the highest level, and the very thing that of those three avatars or of those three problems, which one do people absolutely want that are happy to pay money to solve? If that's something that can benefit you, then watch this video and let's dive right in. Hey, welcome to the Healthpreneur Show. I'm Uriel Kim, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. You are listening to this because you are a health professional or coach who is committed and driven to growing a successful virtual practice or coaching business online. In these episodes, I'm gonna give you the best of the best when it comes to marketing, sales, mindset, business growth in general to help you achieve those goals. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. All right, guys, uh, excited to uh, to do another business deep dive. Today we have Alicia. Give the listeners, viewers a bit of context uh, really quickly. What do you do, who you serve, and then uh, we'll dive in from there. Yeah. So like most people in the health space, it started from a personal journey, really about finding the healing power of food and lifestyle and curing some you know, uncurable conditions that I had. Um, and so I started in kind of a roundabout way, started with recipe blogging, then got into health coaching and then pursued um, a nutrition degree. And I'm trying to help people who have been told multiple times that they just have to learn to deal with it, that they can actually find solutions to that problem by adjusting somewhat small things. Um, it can be challenging, but you know the power of small tweaks to overall health. Cool. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Now, what specifically can I help you with in our conversation today? Yeah. So I kind of got into this because I feel like there's so many specialists that I needed a generalist to help me figure out what was going on. But then in selling, when you're a generalist, it gets hard to be recognized as an expert. And I am having a really hard time figuring out how to pinpoint one solution when what I really want to do is look the whole picture of a person and look at the comprehensive picture. And I totally get that like if somebody's having a thyroid issue, they go to a thyroid expert. Um, but I'm not sure how to figure out what that expert is while still looking at the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, listen, like you're not alone, Alicia. Like this is the biggest challenge that I mean, I'd say 90% of health professionals you work with like have, right? It's like you can help so many people. And because of that, it just, it complicates your life and it doesn't necessarily speak to the people you ultimately want to serve because most people want to have a specialist as opposed to generalist. So we'll use a framework that we use with our clients called the profitable problem matrix. Okay. So there's two, there's two scales that we look at. We look at severity and we look at persistence. Severity is subjective. Persistence is objective, right? If you have a, if someone is several hundred pounds overweight, they may not see that as a severe problem, but it's, it's persistent. It's there 24 seven, right? Some people are like, I have to change no matter what. So when you look at this matrix, what we want to be shooting for are conditions, problems in this area that are severe subjectively and persistence, right? So if I give you a quick example, migraines are a terrific market to serve. Not that migraines are great, but it's just they're severe. They debilitate people and they're persistent in the, in the form of every couple of days. Tension headaches, I would put down here because 
In most cases, they're not that severe. They're probably not that persistent. And even if they were persistent, at best, they would simply move this way, which is not enough to be fully up in that square. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, totally. So with the people you served and more specifically, the problems you've helped them solve, like if you were to pick the top three, what would they be? What are the top three things that you're the best at figuring out for people? I think um, having low energy, which I think people don't see as severe, but they really like it after the fact that they have more energy. Um, Gut health, but more specifically, like being intolerant to lots of foods and increases in food intolerances and then stress. Like I think most of the people I work with are busy working women in middle age. And then obviously you can produce great outcomes for all three of these, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because here's here's the other thing I'm sure you've recognized, like how you heal anything is how you heal everything. So the the approach more or less to help someone with low energy is also going to help with their gut, help with their stress, vice versa. There's probably some nuances, but generally it's very similar. So the thing to, the thing the thing that we want to think about is all like most people, I mean, everyone has stress, right? Everyone would probably rather have more energy. But to your point, a lot of people don't realize how good it can be until they've been there. Right. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, I spend the majority of my health practitioner life as the energy guy. So I, I completely get that. So what we have to think about is we have to meet people where they are. So let's look at this. Um, let's just use energy as an example. So we'll call this energy fatigue as an example. So let's say that on this side, we have all day energy. And on this side, we have debilitating fatigue. So when when someone comes into your world, sorry, when, when anyone's going through their life, right? It's a lot, you know, let's call this the halfway point. It's a lot easier to speak to what someone's currently experiencing than it is to paint the picture of what the future can look like while they're in this state over here. Yeah. Right? It's like someone who's 400 pounds, they're not really going to resonate with like get six back abs. They just right. lose the first 50. And then they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe now I could consider that next thing. So here's the thing though, is that you don't have to work with people who have debilitating fatigue, right? You can work with people further along the spectrum who are more of like optimizers who like the biohackers, as an example, would live in this world over here where they're looking for the 1% improvements, right? Um, But the women that you serve, you know, where would you think that they fall on the spectrum? Not a debilitating, yeah, not a debilitating fatigue. Like these are people who are still getting up, crushing it at work, raising kids or doing outside stuff. They're just more tired than they used to do. They don't feel as energized to do the things they used to do, whether that's like going out and dancing at a concert or um, staying up late or waking up and, you know, just feeling energized about the day. So would it be fair to say if we just put them in the middle, like life is like a five out of 10? Yeah. Right. This is a very dangerous place for people to live because it's not too bad. It's okay. But okay is a very, very, it's like you're living in the middle, right? Like literally your whole life is living in the middle. So let me ask you this. When you've spoken with prospective clients, like where has the resistance been? Like if it's been along this uh, this conversation around energy, are they getting to the end of the call and they're just like, you know what, man, I'll think about it. Or they don't even book the call in the first place because it's not something they want. Where where do you find right now in your journey of marketing sales is the constraint that is not moving the needle forward for you? And there's two spots. And one, I'm not getting enough intro calls. And two, when I get the intro calls, I think it sounds like too much work up front because I have this process where I want them to track things for two weeks. And I've played around with maybe I shouldn't do that for all 
clients. Maybe that's just for the really motivated food intolerance clients. Um, But those are the two points, getting people in the door and then getting them excited enough to sign up. And so one way to think about it is if you have someone come in and let's say they're a, they're starting here. Okay. So let's say they're starting here. The question you want to ask yourself is what can I do to get them there as soon as possible, right? So call this is five out of 10. This is a six out of 10. We're not necessarily saying, how do we go from five to 10 as fast as possible, but we want to get them call this TTV time to value as quickly as humanly possible. Now, what is like how in this context, if someone with respect to you, like feeling blah, what would be the first win you could help them experience? Well, that's where I get into trouble because I have trouble generalizing things. I usually want to make it personal. So when you get into like marketing messages, I don't have a thing that I've done for like 50, even 10 people. It's usually like very different for every person. But the outcomes that they experience are probably similar, right? Like when you have less afternoon fatigue, they find it easier to get up in the morning. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So think about, and this is where all of us can do a better job, right? We want to think about what are the outcomes, right, that people want. And if we were to chunk these down, let's say all the energy, I I never have to sleep ever again, I'm a vampire, whatever, like let's say that's level 10. What could we help someone achieve as fast as possible that would reinforce their decision in working with you? Well, I'll just give you an example. So when I wrote my book, The All the Energy Diet, the promise was double your energy in seven days. Now, how do you quantify double your energy? It's hard. But what I did and what you could do, if you don't do this already, is anytime we're dealing with something that is less quantifiable is create a quantifiable scale. So when you when you talk with um, respective clients, do you ask them like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I have so much energy. Zero, zero is like, I have none. Where do you find yourself right now? I do not. So try that. It's a really great place to quantify an unquantifiable thing like energy. Let's say they are a five. Like, cool, awesome. So we're at five. And so throughout the rest of the conversation, you might say, listen, our goal is to get you from a five to an eight or a nine or a 10 in the space of a couple of weeks, right? Typically, most of my clients see an average of whatever, a doubling or a 50% improvement in their energy. So they go from five to 7.5 in four weeks. I'm just giving you ideas. You may not have this data, but the cool thing is that if you were to collect this data on like your initial discovery call and then the clients enrolls and you had four week check-ins with them around that same question, you could then tabulate that information over time. So if you had 10 clients, they all started at five. Where are they at four weeks? Where are they at eight weeks? Where are they at 12? And then you can say, well, on average, out of our 10 clients, they went from five to on average 7.7 on this scale by four weeks out. So all of a sudden you can start making promises, not to like, I promise you, but this process has been shown to help people have a 50% improvement in their energy in four weeks or less. And what that means for you is that means you wake up earlier, you're not groggy in the morning, maybe you don't have that afternoon slump. So just some things to think about, but also when someone starts with you, how do you get someone to experience a really quick win, that that dopamine hit that reinforces that they're on the right track? And it may not even be that they have to wake up every morning an hour before their alarm clock. It might just be they, you know, maybe through a, a discovery process like you talked about uh, with the food journaling or the tracking, maybe you do a condensed version of that where they start to identify that's the one food that's that's just making me feel like shit, right? And so it's like, man, every time I have bread, I feel like sleeping. That could be a big win, right? So that's more on the delivery side. Hey, quick little interlude in today's episode. 
I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. And if you're the same, you might enjoy this content in video format. If that's the case, be sure to head over to YouTube. Just type healthpreneur when you're searching in the YouTube browser and you'll come across our channel. A lot of the episodes for this podcast actually originate on our YouTube channel as videos. And if you'd like to see more of the visuals that I talk about in many of these episodes, then I would encourage you to go on over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel and enjoy all of the longer form videos as well as a lot of the shorts that we post online on a daily basis. So head on over to YouTube if you're a visual learner like I am, and let's get back to the show. Does that make sense? Just kind of some initial thinking there? Yeah, and I could see how I could apply this scale to the other issues as well, because gut health is also one of those, like, how do you define that? It's different for every person. Yeah, so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about on delivery, but I want to come back to the acquisition stuff because I'm assuming that's really where the, the issue is, right? Because yes. you have to get clients in the first place. So low energy, like you can sell energy. I think part of selling energy is is helping people understand how their current situation. So current situation now, um, sorry. So if this this is now, the pain of now needs to be much greater than the pain of change. So in your marketing, in your conversations with people, like cool, like so five out of ten, what's what's that preventing you from doing that you would otherwise do in life, right? Who else is suffering, like? You know, if you're coming home after work and like lay on the couch, is that the type of mom you want to be for your parent, for your kids, right? There's all sorts of questions we can use here to dig into the now. Because if someone's pain of their current situation, if it's not greater than the pain of perceived change, which is I have to do something different, they're not going to say yes, right? So that's, you know, in how we're talking to people, we want to, you know, we, we can to some degree stimulate desire. But at the end of the day, you want to be speaking to people who really already come in with like, I have this issue, which comes back to this. It's severe and it's persistent without you having to tell them it is. Yeah. So energy is one of those things that like it's persistent, but on the scale of severity, it's going to depend on who you're talking to. Gut health, that could also be a lot of different things. Are we talking like IBS, Crohn's? Are we talking about like, is there, is there one specific? And we want it to be ideally something they are very aware of, like leaky gut. How do you know if you have leaky gut? You don't. Right? Yeah. You know, if you, you know if you have diarrhea. That's that's kind of been my problem. I really wanted to focus on people who are at risk for autoimmunity so they could prevent it. But the problem was they don't know that they're at risk yet. And by the time it gets to something like Crohn's, it's very complicated and there's a lot of medications that are involved. And yeah. it's not really where I want to be spending most of my time. Like I want to get people before they have to have that, right? Like true preventative. So I'll give you an example. So when I lost my hair when I was 17, what I was not doing was figuring out how I prevent losing my hair before I even knew I was going to lose my hair. Right. right? But when I lost my hair, I was like, what the, like, what the hell just happened? And then I went on a friggin' journey that propelled me into what I'm doing now to some degree. But that never would have happened had that not happened. Because humans, the thing is like, all of us want to sell prevention. Like I'm with you. We all do. But the reality is humans don't give a shit about it, right? Yeah. So my story is I got celiac, didn't know I had celiac because it was like 2007 and no one knew what that was. Um, And I got really wacky recommendations like let's chemically separate the hemispheres of your brain or like let's stop gut digestion. And so I went on kind of at the time a woo-woo journey to figure what that was. And I see a lot of people who have celiac who are still struggling with gut health and intolerance to more and more foods. So that's an area I've thought about focusing in on. Um, But right there, celiac is better yeah. than, gut, than gut health. Because yeah. people who have celiac know they have celiac. Yeah. 
And there's probably a lot of people who don't know they're celiac, and then they eventually find out. It's a lot easier to speak with people or speak to people in your marketing if this is the spectrum of awareness, they are unaware on this side and they're product aware on this side. So they're so aware that they're looking for solutions, solutions being here, uh, they're problem aware over here. There's these five different stages of awareness, whatever. What you don't want to do is spend all of your time over here because it'll cost you a fortune in money and even longer in time to educate the population about the fact that, hey, did you know that you might have this thing if this is going on? They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. They ha- you have to beat that drum forever. It's a lot easier to live in this world where someone is like, I have celiac. It's a pain and you know what? I'm looking for a solution. They're actively seeking out a solution. And now what it comes down to is the severity and persistence is in this area, right? For that, I- I'd say so. So what it's going to come down to is number one, they're not going to consider working with you if you're not the celiac specialist. That's That's part of it. Right. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then if you are, if that's how you want to position yourself, then the second thing is how are you different than every other celiac specialist they've seen? Part of it is your story, right? Only you have that story. Now, other celiac specialists might have their story. That's fine. But in you sharing that story over and over and over again, a lot of people will resonate with that. And that's how you'll start to build your tribe around you, Alicia, as the celiac expert who understands me because you've been on the same the similar journey that I have. And therefore, I resonate with you. And even if the approach on the delivery side was the same as everyone else, don't include in whatever it is, the fact that I resonate with you in your story separates you from everyone else. So the two things you really want to hammer home in the marketing is your story over and over again. And then second is going to be how you differentiate your delivery to some degree, right? Like, so a lot of our stuff is around, you know, our perfect client pipeline, whatever, whatever. And, and that's one of the most compelling reasons that people come working with us because it's a system, it's 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 predictable, it's consistent, whatever. And, you know, part of my story is the fact that I did the complete opposite for my previous business and it was a nightmare. And so I can resonate with people that are going through that process of like grinding and posting and, and all that stuff. And it has its place, right? But, you know, not for everyone. So those are kind of the two things is your story and then your your proprietary process or your mechanism for how when you're working with a client, it's a little bit different than what they've seen or tried before. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think I've been like resistant to resistant to focus on just celiac because like like I want to be bigger than that, but I know I probably need to be more narrow. Listen, like er- everyone wants that they don't want to pigeonhole themselves to be like the celiac person or I could like if I were smart when I came online, I would have only specialized in one specific area. I would have said only weight loss, only energy, only alopecia, like whatever it was. But I said, no, I'm going to help everyone. And it was a, a very tall order and it was very complicated. The business was overly complex and it's not impossible, but it requires a tremendous amount of time and a huge, it's like pushing a boulder up a hill. And it's also, so the other thing too, is it's a lot easier to specialize and broaden over time than to try to broaden initially and then specialize. If you think of Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz was a medical doctor, right? Then he specialized, cardiac surgeon. Then, you know, Oprah, then he's got his own TV show. And now, no, like if you asked most Americans what Dr. Oz's specialty is, they probably wouldn't know. He's become so generalized now because of his exposure and so forth, but it's it's because he started off as a specialist, right? He was so good at what he did that he was brought in to you know support Oprah and then his own stuff, and then it broadened over time. Um, and it's a lot easier to start there 
than it is to go very broad and somehow bring it in over time. Because then everyone knows you as the broad person and then you want to specialize like, well, but then you can also say the opposite. Everyone knows you as a celiac person and over time it's like, but there's more credibility there. Because if you have success in one area and then you start replicating that success in other areas 20 years down the road, you have multiple verticals of success and it just builds your clout and your authority. So um, yeah, so whether you choose, you know, the, the energy stuff, celiacs, like stress, I mean, out of these three, you will have more people raising their hands for celiac stuff. Yeah. Do you think celiac and gluten intolerance is too broad? No, no. It's, um, do you know Peter Osborne? Uh-uh. So a uh, buddy of mine, he runs glutenfreesociety.org and I've known him for almost 20 years and he's been doing that for as long as I've known him. And all he's done for those 20 years is talk about gluten sensitivity and just hammering that drum forever. And he's built a very, very successful business. But he also has a very strong story attached to that, just like you do, right? So, you know, celiac, gluten sensitivity combined, however you want to do it, I think it's going to be easier than the other two because naturally, like if if we think of like low energy, maybe call it even down here, sorry, um, We'll put that there. So right away, it's already lower on the severity scale, which means if it's not a 10 out of 10, I have to solve this now, you're not going to get as much buy-in, which means people are not going to book calls with you. Even if they do, they're like, uh, I don't know, I'll just buy a book, right? It's it's, it's a harder sell because it's not, a, I will run through a brick wall. Stress, I mean, everyone has stress, right? Like, yeah. It's almost like an overused you know, thing now. So, I, but again, like I want to make sure and you want to make sure that you're doing something that you're fully you know, you have passion behind, right? Like if you really want to be like a, a celiac warrior or warrior S, whatever the, the term is, it's a great market, right? Um, and it doesn't mean you have to do that for the rest of your life, but for the next, you know, little while, it could be very lucrative. Yeah. I think one of the things that I really like about my journey is I don't have to worry about it as much as like I used to, or a lot of people do, because I've balanced my gut health and looked at the whole picture. And so a resistance point I have is if I like go into it full, I'm basically like part of that is becoming my identity. And I did so much work to be like, that's not my identity anymore. Like I've, I've moved on and created a life where that isn't debilitating, where to a lot of people it is. But I guess that could be part of the story about it. I mean, that's part of the journey of the healer, right? Like a lot of us want to work with people at a higher level who want to optimize and maintain and perform better. But the majority of people are just like, I'm in pain, I have to get out of pain. Yeah. But the cool thing is that you can start them there. And then building that community and those results and the relationships you have with those clients, then you can move them into a lifelong health optimization approach, right? So if you think of your business as being very simple, you have two core, you have two programs, you have your core offer, which is let's call it celiac stuff, get out of pain, whatever the, the thing is. And then once those people are improving, they're like, what's next? And you're like, well, if you're like a lot of my other clients, you want to take things to the next level and maintain and optimize. And that's when you start doing the fun stuff. Yeah. Which is not just about get out of celiac, it's the stress, it's the energy, it's all the other cool stuff that all of us love to do, but only once we've solved that initial problem. Right. And what do you think about balance? Yeah. What do you think about balancing directive actions versus the science behind it? Because I like to nerd out and be like, this is what's happening. But I find that could be really overwhelming sometimes, but some people like it. Like, how do you balance that? Keep it simple. I spent a thousand hours building a program called Super Nutrition Academy back in the day because I thought like when I went through nutrition school, it was amazing. Everyone should know this. And then I went, so I'm like, let me, let me build nutrition school for the everyday person. And it, it didn't sell very well. It was, it was like, it was, it was very hard to make that work. And I realized I'm like, sell people what they want, give them what they need. 
So sell them what they want, sell them the outcome on the inside. Sure, like go through the science stuff, but also keep it simple, right? Because one of the reasons people drop off is because they feel overwhelmed. Yeah. So keep it simple, throw a little bit of science in if you want, but I'd keep it light, you know? And then you can always ask them like, hey guys, do you want to geek out on more of the stuff? I'm going to host a special call once a week on the nerd stuff. And then you could you could do that with them if you want to. That's but good. I would keep it very actionable, very like tactical, like do this today as opposed to learn this today. Because everyone says, I know this already. Cool. Well, we're not here to know stuff. We're here to do stuff. And that's where you as a coach and an expert can really make a difference is saying, even if all this did was help you actually implement the stuff you already know, would it be worth it? Yeah, exactly. Because reading books is only going to take you so far. And that's the big difference here. It's like when you're getting people to actually just do the work, just do it because it's impossible for them. The nice thing about the human body, it's impossible for it not to improve if it just follows the plan. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. From our conversation, what's the what's the clarity? What's the one next step? Um, I think the biggest piece of clarity, which I kind of already knew, but it was just framed better, is I'm spending a lot of time in the unaware folks. Like I'm trying to tell them what I know. And then that's passing over into my like intro calls and the delivery, right? Like, let me tell you everything I know. And that's not helpful, right? If they wanted to know that they'd also get a degree in nutrition. So focusing it more to the actionable pieces um, and the idea that like I don't have to take them to the finish line. I need to take them to the next milestone. Awesome. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for sharing a bit about your business. And obviously, hopefully this is useful for you. Look forward to seeing how you implement some of these changes and how it all rolls out. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, here's what I'd love for you to do next is if you're not already subscribed to the Health Burner Show, go ahead and hit that button wherever you're listening to this to make sure you do not miss a single episode coming your way. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. And here's why. Because I lay in bed awake at night wondering, are you enjoying this show? Do you get a lot of value out of this? And I never really know until I hear from you. All kidding aside, I would really appreciate a rating or review because as you know, the more people know about this show, the more people we can help and your ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So thanks for hanging out with me once again and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.